We're kicking off episode 303 of this episode of Monster Kid Radio with the song A Couple of Dollars. It's from the band Amphibian Man. The album is Desert Songs. Now, the band is based out of Kiev, Ukraine, but you can find them at amphibianman.bandcamp.com or follow the link in the show notes over at monsterkidradio.net. That's the website for this here podcast. We're devoted to the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear. I am your host, writer, producer, Derek M. Cook. Welcome to the show this week. I'm excited because I've got a good friend joining me here in a few minutes. He's a filmmaker by the name of Joshua Kennedy. He's been on the show before, and he's on this time because he is gearing up for his next production. He just graduated film school. We're going to talk a little bit about what his senior project was. We're going to talk a little bit about what's coming up next. We just kind of talk, we hang out, we chat. That's what us monster kids do. So that's happening in this episode of Monster Kid Radio. I'm excited to share that with you. But first, I have an email that came in from one of our listeners down there in Australia. His name's Paul, and he says, Hi, Derek. Loving the show. I download every new episode as well as loads of the old ones and groove to them at work. I have a boring job as a security guard stuck in a gatehouse by myself for 12 hours at a stretch. So I need something to occupy my mind and while away the hours. And Monster Kid Radio is the perfect antidote, along with a number of my other regular podcasts. I recently enjoyed your interview with movie music maven David Schechter. David is a Facebook friend of mine, a very nice guy, and a font of knowledge concerning the music from those dodgy old sci-fi and horror movies that we adore. His monstrous movie music albums are an absolute treat and delight to the fans like us who love this stuff. And I can't recommend highly enough that any listeners out there avail themselves of these albums. David is a very self-deprecating person, certainly not your stereotypical Hollywood type, and his writing and DVD commentaries yield a fund of fascinating info. And this bit is for David himself. David, Paul says, David, your voice is not whiny at all. The detail connected with the music to which he listens and is able to recall is astounding to me. I can barely remember what I had for breakfast this morning. What did I have? Never mind the minuscule musical refrains and passages that David has committed to memory. I thoroughly enjoyed the book that he worked on with Tom Weaver, The Creature Chronicles, and I've already pre-ordered my copy of Universal Terrors, which over here in Australia will cost me the princely sum of $123. On that subject, any chance of a detailed interview with Tom Weaver himself? Tom is one of my favorite authors, and I have virtually all of his interview tomes, which I have reread at least three times each. Again, highest recommendation to your listeners out there in Monster Kidland. David was certainly correct on one sad point. The Monster Kid audience is definitely shrinking, what with most of us being baby boomers and rapidly, sometimes too rapidly, approaching retirement age. And as my friend Michael ominously pointed out to me, our book and memorabilia collections will be dropping in their values also, as apart from the fact that there will be less people around who'd be interested in the same stuff that we are, as collectors of vintage and older stuff start to pass on, their collections will find their way onto the secondary market in greater numbers, reducing the rarity and collectability of a lot of those items. Not that my stuff will be for sale anyway when I finally drop off the twig. My family have instructions to donate the lot to our main university library. That's a really good idea. That, that's awesome, Paul. All right, finish up his email. At least it'll keep it all together as a collection and hopefully become a resource for scholars and researchers down the track. Better than seeing it all flogged off to a second-hand bookstore, at least. I don't want to see 40-plus years of collecting scattered to the four winds. Keep up the great work with the podcast and keep the fun coming, Paul. Okay, there's a lot of things I want to comment on here, but yeah, I had a blast talking with David Schechter. I have been in contact with him. We are going to have him back on the show in the future. He did kind of fall off Facebook for a little bit, understandably so, when Francine York passed on, unfortunately. 
he needed some time, as I'm sure a lot of his, her friends and family did. He has started to turn back up in my Facebook feed. I have been in contact with him. The Monstrous Movie Music Library, man, the stuff that he has put together for us all, you gotta have it. Again, that's mmmrecordings.com. As of this recording, he's still doing his 30% off PayPal refund sale. You buy two or more CDs, you get money back almost immediately for doing that. And in the case of the CD sets that are actually two CDs, that still counts as one purchase. But still, it's a sale, it's a discount, and you get some great music. Tom Weaver, I have met him once at Monster Bash a couple years back. Super cool guy. I chatted with him for a few minutes. I believe I put him on the last episode of the Creature Cast Among Us when I was doing that spinoff show. I'd love to chat with him again, but I don't have any contact information for him. I should reach out to David, actually, and see if he can put me in contact with Tom, because I'd love to get him back on the show and chat with him, well, about anything, but of course we'll probably start geeking out about Creature from the Black Lagoon. I love the idea of having your collection donated to a university or some sort of research institution, something like that. Brilliant. I think that's a wonderful idea. And... You know, when I start to get a little further along, maybe I'll start looking into that as well. Uh, my collection, I haven't been collecting for 40 plus years, but I do have a handful of lobby cards and posters. In fact, I did just pick up a set of lobby cards from Voodoo Island, which is a Boris Karloff film, probably not one of the best ones. Honestly, I haven't seen it. But I picked it up because it came from the estate of Boris J. Ackerman, and I wanted that in my collection, just to have a little t- a-, a touch, just a bit of Uncle Forey. In my folders where I keep all my other lobby cards and such. I've had to slow down over the years, so it's not like I'm buying them every day. But, uh, I mean, the call of eBay is is so strong. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for writing in. I really appreciate it. And, you know, we're just doing what we can do to keep the Monster Kitty audience entertained. You're a baby boomer. I'm actually part of Generation X, so I'm actually a little bit younger. And trying to find Monster Kids in my age demographic can be a little more difficult But one thing that I have learned is that whether it's Generation X or Baby Boomer or whatever, even Millennial, if they're monster kids, man, it doesn't matter how old you are. We're all in the same demographic. And that's one of the things I'm excited about talking with Joshua. The guy just graduated college, yet he is a hardcore Hammer fan. He loves his monster movies. We're going to talk about that. And then we're going to preview what's coming up next week on Monster Kid Radio. That's all happening right after this. of a man are laid to rest. Who is it this time, Peter? It's Mr. Spaulding. They found him this morning. Just like the others. Just like the others, he died in the night. Get away from there! Get away! Suddenly, violently, horribly. This is an evil place. Corrupt and evil. Evil, as venomous as a snake, turns the quiet of this village into a writhing hell on earth. Where every man fears for his safety and his sanity. Where everyone is suspect. Do you mean they died by some sort of magic? Some witchcraft? For the first time in my life, I'm frightened. Everyone is frightened. The doctor who'd lived his life in the East. This man who could be the next victim. This woman and this girl are frightened, hypnotized by the crawling, creeping spell of the reptile. Stop! 
pack your things, we're leaving. No, Dr. Franklin. You are not leaving. I could kill you. Possibly. But you could never be free then, could you? And what would happen to little Anna then? Trapped like animals in a cage and getting closer and closer, suffocating them with terror. The reptile. From the makers of Sinbad, Columbia Pictures presents Jason and the Argonauts. The mightiest band of warriors the world has ever known. Turn back, Jason! We're trapped! Sailing to the ends of the earth, battling against an incredible number of obstacles. Where will you find this miracle? I have heard there is a tree at the end of the world with a fleece of gold hanging in its branches. In search of the fabulous magic golden fleece, Jason and the Argonauts, caught in the clutches of the towering bronze giant Talos, battered by treacherous falling rocks, taming vulturous harpies, facing the dreaded seven-headed Hydra, battling the merciless army of skeletons. Jason and the Argonauts, the classic story of Jason. A man who challenged the gods. Medea, a temple dancer who betrayed a kingdom for love. The Argonauts, the mightiest band of warriors the world has ever known. Jason and the Argonauts, a classic adventure story. Brought to the screen through the incredible special effects magic of Dinorama. Jason and the Argonauts, the search that became a legend. I am Dracula, and I bid you welcome to the podcast devoted to the classic, and sometimes not so classic, genre cinema of yesteryear. And I offer you this warning. Sometimes Derek and his guests get excited, and they may spoil a movie or two. You know how excited monster kids can get sometimes. If Monster Kid Radio spoils a movie for you, do not come whining to me. I cannot stand whines. I would like to publicly congratulate this week's guest on on graduating, Oh, uh, Joshua Kennedy. <laughs> Welcome back to Monster Kid Radio, recent graduate of Pace University. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you immensely, Derek. Uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> There's that voice. That's why I love having you on. <laughs> People said that I graduated. I guess I did graduate. It didn't seem like I graduated, but, you know, I'll take the congratulations. So uh, thank you. <laughs> you not have the paper yet? No, no diploma yet? No Come diploma on. yet, so it's not really Uh-oh. official. So, uh, no. <laughs> How can they not let you through them? And with all the films that you've been doing, you, you worked every year to make at least one, at least one movie a year, right? Very true. Yes. And um, there was always rumors that they were going to fail me so I could stay another year. And uh, that didn't happen, apparently. So, 
I'm sure they've let you come back, though, right? Oh, yes. There's rumors of me coming back and giving lectures on Hammer films, actually. Really? Yeah, because I took a horror film class my senior year, and we all did presentations on individual – it was basically show-and-tell day, and you came in and did a presentation on whatever. And I decided to do Hammer films and did it all in my Christopher Lee Dracula cape presented in that cape and uh she loved it so much she's like you know we need to get you back sometime and do a lecture i was like let me know i'm available <laughs> i remember when you posted on facebook what one hammer film can you show the class to exactly and distill it's like how, how can you pick one and it's funny because i started the presentation i was going to show dracula prince of darkness or just skim through it and i was like you know what if i can't do this without telling the entire dracula story i can't do dracula without telling the hammer story and i was like you know what let me just do it all on hammer and that's right. I posted a question online in one of the Hammer groups asking what Hammer scene do I show? And people were bringing in all these different ideas. And it's it's tough. Did you have an idea of what to, to show? Oh, God, I, I have no idea. You know, and, and being such a fan of Hammer and being so entrenched in all their – it's hard. Because I find love in – well, all of it. I Even something like – she, you know, yes. I, I, which, which, you know, is a struggle sometimes. Mm-hmm. There are still things in these movies that I absolutely adore. What did you end up going with? I actually, uh, the time limit, we had seven minutes to give our presentation and I ended up going in like 15. And so I didn't even end up showing anything. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, okay, Josh, let's wrap it up. I was like, oh, I was going to show a scene. I was leaning towards the opening from Kiss of the Vampire. And I think, oh, yes. Listen to the flight of the vampire bat summoned from Hades to kill, to destroy. See Kiss of the Vampire in color. And I mean, I was tearing my hair out and everything. I was like, I need to show Cushing because Cushing is hammer. I need to show Lee. And I was like, you know what? Let's think of the most basic. And I wrote out almost like a list of what's the most basic things I think of a hammer film. And it's always the sound of the church bell dong, in the background. And there's a, the funeral. And that's what I narrowed it down to. I was like, and there's always Kensington gore like that, that very red rich red blood and mm-hmm. i came to uh kiss of the vampire and uh mainly because it's such an if you're not in the hammer mindset it's such a shock the guy comes out and throws the shovel into the coffin and then the blood comes out and it just, it just seems like a normal funeral at the beginning and i thought that would be a nice way to shock some of these millennials out of thinking that uh <laughs> <laughs> that ooh, this old film it's a it's a lame film, but I didn't get to show it anyway, so oh well. Ah, <laughs> uh, they're lost. They're lost. Yeah, but yeah. hopefully, hopefully by the time you were done, somebody went out and dreamed something, some yes. Hammer film, right? And the cool thing was, I mean, I I ended the presentation with Cushing ended up going, he was going to be Donald Pleasant's character in Halloween being Grand Moff Tarkin in Star Wars. And then this was before Rogue One came out. So I was like, and he might be making an appearance in uh, Rogue One. And so when... Rogue One did end up coming out. I got these texts from a few people. It's like, oh my gosh, Cushing's in this movie. I didn't know he was still alive. I was like, well, he's actually a, he's a CGI. But just the fact that you know I awakened some people was a great thrill for me. Gave them <laughs> the Cushing awakening. Yes. There you go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that better be the next the next movie. Uh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, no, that's cool, man. I'm glad to hear that. I saw pictures of you in the cape, and that was the cape that Xander wore in yes, your Dracula is. movie, right? It's actually oh. a, a reproduction someone on eBay. He makes actual capes because he does a Lugosi cape from Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. And then he does – it was a Taste the Blood of Dracula cape that Christopher Lee wore. And it's a complete reproduction. And I got it off that and Xander wore it, and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. I want to frame it or something. 
<laughs> enshrine it. But yes, I'm, it's a great cape. Yes, no, it's a great cape. Mm-hmm. Uh, for listeners who don't know, anybody who's not heard Joshua on the show in the past, Dracula AD 2015 is what I'm referring to. It's available on YouTube now. It's about an hour long. It's his tribute to Hammer Dracula films. Uh, I adore it. Thank it's you. Just a great. I mean, I've told him this before, listeners. I, he knows. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> No, the Dracula AD 2015, it's great. If I were to break it down, I'd say it's, it goes beyond a fan film. It goes beyond all that. It shows, it's a real love letter Thank to, you. to Hammer. And it, if you can't pick it up by now by listening to Joshua just in the past few minutes, he's a huge Hammer fan. He poured all that into this thing. I love it. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Probably one of my favorite that you've done, and and, and you know, and honestly, it's probably because of the subject matter. Oh, easily, yes, uh, <laughs> yes. But but you know, the performances are solid too. It's the first time I saw Bessie Nels in one of your movies. Yes, uh, and she's fantastic in your Sherlock Holmes film. Just all of your movies, I'm a big fan. Thank I, you. I, I'm glad that I can call you a friend now. But I started as a fan. And listeners, you got to check out what he's doing. Just I can't say that enough. Oh, thank you. All <laughs> right, this is getting awkward. Let's talk more about uh, movies. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I like Joshua because of this yeah. and because of that. Anyway. And I uh, listen to Monster Kid Radio because of this. And, yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. Okay. No, you can keep that up. That's oh, okay. okay. To... <laughs> so you're out of Pace University now. Now, when you were there, we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. You were known as the horror guy, the, the classic sci-fi guy. Yes. Do you think you converted anybody while you were there? I mean, you talked about people texting you about Cushing. you think you converted anybody into becoming fans of these movies? Um, I can't say for certain. Okay. But there was – I mean, I'd always have my mini premieres at Pace and uh, of Dracula, and I'd do the Vesuvius Experiment, which is my Quatermass homage. And um, my a teacher friend of mine, he loves – the old 70s airport disaster films. And I made Airline 79, which is my tribute to the airport films. And he loved it. He thought it was fantastic. He's like, I caught these little tributes here, and this line is from that movie, and it's great. And then he came and saw Dracula and said, I know how much thought and care you put into the airport film, Airline 79, and now I need to go and watch the Hammer films to catch all the references of Dracula. So I was like, oh, okay. Interesting. And the, the people the people have come up to me and they're like, so what film are you exactly referencing here? And, I, and they're like, you know what? I, I should go check that out. So I like to think that they ended up following through with that. <laughs> um, the people who've seen my other works know that the amount of care and love that I put into it. And so they're like, you know what? Maybe I should go out and check check out this movie or check out the Quatermass film and blah, blah, blah. So I can't say for certain if they've done that. I can't say that I've – what's the word you said? Uh, converted them. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to believe that you left monster kids in your wake. Uh, hopefully. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Airline 79 is another one of Joshua's films. Listeners, go check it out. It's also on YouTube. Yes, it is. There's no, there's no reason not to see it. I mean it's free. Yeah. Stream it. Watch <laughs> it. It's, exactly. again, it's about an hour long and it's different in that it's not a monster movie. Mm-hmm. I mean it's like he said. It's a tribute to like – Airport, not airplane, but airport. Airport, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Earthquake, Towering Inferno, all those Irwin Allen big disaster movies. It's got that 70s vibe, which is mm-hmm. what your final film at Pace really had. <laughs> and we, we got to talk about it. But before we get to that, I got to ask you, why did Charlton Heston not make movies that had a happy sci-fi ending in the 70s? I mean, Planet of the Apes, Soylent Green, Omega Man, just, they're all downers, man. Was that a Heston (laughs) thing or a 70s thing or what? Um, And you could tie an earthquake to that too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know that he had a say in the earthquake ending, 
that he was supposed to end up, I mean, this is going a little off topic. He was supposed to end up surviving the big, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Earthquake, he dies at the end. Ava Gardner falls into the, mm-hmm. this. they're climbing out of a sewer and this the dam in LA bursts, or are they in LA or in, uh, they're on the West I haven't coast. seen Earthquake in a while, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, this huge, the dam bursts and all this water comes and it's sweeping his wife, Ava Gardner, away. And Charlton Heston has been cheating on her throughout the movie with Genevieve Bujold, I believe, the young actress model, and they've been having an affair. Anyway, Ava Gardner's being swept away. In the original script, Ava Gardner dies. Charlton Heston climbed out of the sewer and went home with the woman he's been cheating on his wife with. So Heston saw that and said, you know what? I don't think this is a heroic ending. I need to go end up trying to save Ava Gardner. We both die. And so he had a say in that. I don't know about um, Planet of the Apes or Soil and Green. And Omega Man is I Am Legend, and he dies in that anyway. So, Well, that's true. That's yes. true. That's true. But I will – yes, there's always like the downer ending. He's like, seriously, can't we have a, <laughs> a, a, a nice ending? And I'm not complaining about it. I, oh, no, I no. actually really enjoy a lot of 70s sci-fi yes. because it does have that kind of – maybe that speaks – more about me than anything else, but I, I love the downer ending for a lot of these things. No, no, no. and it's it's it speaks a lot of the time too, of just this, True. that gritty hopelessness. We're in Vietnam, you know. We're there's no hope. Which yeah, then it can, you could tie that into Star Wars. Why Star Wars was such a big thing? It's like oh, happy ending. What? No way. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to include it in this, but uh, you know, to test the recording software i had it going when i was chatting with joshua before we started and uh yeah we geeked out about star wars for a good yeah, time yeah, yeah. so yeah star wars is on the brain here yes it is sorry <laughs> no worries so the alpha omega man was your senior thesis i mean it's, it's the end all be all it's your final film project at pace exactly yes again it's about an hour long that seems to be your sweet spot it is and yeah, it's it's the Omega Man through Joshua's eyes. <laughs> through my eyes as a senior graduating from that school. The place. New York City. The time. The not-too-distant future. The last man on Earth lives in a fortress. Discovered check. How does that grab you, Chuck? The last man on Earth always carries an automatic weapon. The last man on Earth is hunting. The last man on Earth is not alone. Come in, Neville. Joshua Kennedy is Robert Neville. Laura Loriano as Lisa Cash. And Cat Kennedy is Matthias. Is this not the place where all the users of the wheel were taught their evil ways? Yes. He's gone! Search the corridors! Follow me! Now come on, man, get on the bike. It's pink. Well, I meant to get a motorcycle, but the word on the street is you haven't got your license. Yes, that's true. You're the last man on Earth. Yes, and it pays to be careful. Shut up, man, and get on the bike. The Alpha Omega Man, a gooey film production. He's running out of time, but he's got all the time in the world. The Alpha Omega Man. The last Joshua Kennedy Pace University production. The Alpha Omega Man. 
mature audiences only. And someone described it as the ultimate love letter to Pace University. I was like, yeah, you could you could say that too, just because everything is shot around that that building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said, it's a love letter to the Omega Man, and the main reason. I mean, this isn't the main reason. There's a lot of reasons, but fun fact: I started in the the spring of 2013 that was my freshman year and usually you're supposed to start in the fall and so all of my friends graduated a semester early than i did if that makes sense so like, yeah no yeah. it makes sense okay. mm-hmm. and um so they all graduated the semester of spring 2015 and i still had the fall of 2015 to fill out so all of ba- a lot of my uh, go-to actors and actresses graduated and i made the joke i was like what's the one movie i can make by myself and i was like oh my god i could do the omega man as the, the last man on- <laughs> so I, don't, I don't have to worry about scheduling with people i have to work this day i have to work i have classes like no i'm the only guy that's the joke i use anyway to- <laughs> <laughs> well true to form you are the lead which <laughs> we've talked about before it's easier to schedule yourself than anybody else exactly. so you know your schedule better yeah. yes exactly <laughs> It works. works. You play to your strengths, you know? Yes, exactly. (laughs) And you do have that voice, and you do, just in conversation, you'll drop in the Charlton Hester and whatever, all that and James Mason, but you've got the... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Can you give me some Mason? Um, Some Mason. Um, Hold on. I need to switch gears here for a second. Do you know the meaning of love, Professor? What you fail to understand is the power of hate. It can fill the heart just as surely as love can. It's my Captain. Oh, wow, Captain Nemo, right there. <laughs> there you go. There you go. The two masters of imagination, Jules Verne and Walt Disney, bring you the mightiest motion picture of them all, starring Kirk Douglas and James Mason. See Walt Disney's Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Okay, all right, back to this. Yeah, no, back to this. <laughs> <laughs> so many times in the Alpha Omega Men, you're doing lines, and I couldn't tell. Is he recording himself, or did he just bring in some audio from oh. the Omega Man? Is he lip syncing here? What, what's going on? Oh, I'm punching the air right now for listeners at home that can't see me, because that's the ultimate compliment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Especially some of the like the, the, the three or four word sentences, you know, oh my God, you know, things like that. Yes, yes. Well, I will say that the oh my God is his. Um, yeah, was might, it? Okay, okay. That's his for sure. There might be a few others sprinkled in, but that, oh my God, for sure. Because going back to his three dynamic science fiction films, he always says, oh my God, someone's, oh my God. And I want to make a, <laughs> I try and implement it into all of my, because it was in the airline movie too. That was kind of a yep. Heston airport thing. But he does it in Soylent Green. He does it in. Omega Man, he doesn't Planet of the Apes too. So it's like, oh, that's his, that's his, that, that's him, his catchphrase, yeah. <laughs> but there are also lines, and and not to take away from what you did, mm-hmm. but there are also lines where it does sound like Huston, and it's it's clearly you because you can kind of tell the pacing is a little different than what you got in the film, mm-hmm. but it sounds like him, and it's just great. I mean, the you know, are you guys with with the IRS, you know, things like that. Yeah. Those, those lines, if you had closed your eyes, you'd think, well, I was just changing channels and landed on the Omega Man. Oh. So again, punch you know, in the air. Thank you. <laughs> there, there, there you go. Now, obviously, you know the, the budget's a little different. A, a, li- a little, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little, really. <laughs> but again, you played to your strengths. You 
change the location a little bit, mm-hmm. change the cast, change the production design, and in places, change the story. Oh, yes, very much. To, to fit what you had access to. And that, again, is what guerrilla filmmaking is all about. Yes. Was that something you decided to do going into it? Or was that something once you started production, you realized, okay, well, we, we can't do this. So uh, let's do it this way instead. Was that always the plan from the beginning? Or Somewhat. It was really a process. Like I wrote out the script and I went through a couple of drafts. And the first draft had the whole um, – well, for those who haven't seen it, I got rid of most of the, the, the last half of the – I mean the second half of the movie with Lisa's brother and Dutch. And I combined all of their characters into Lisa pretty much. So it's just the Rosalind Cash character and Charlton Heston. They're basically the, the two characters in the film. And I started off with having the brother and Dutch and I slowly whittled it down. I was like – because, again, it's my senior film. I wanted to have as little problems – as possible, if that makes sense. I just wanted a smooth ride. I didn't want to, sure. to freak out. And uh, again, going back to scheduling, I was like, you know, with less people, I don't have to schedule them in. And lovely Laura Loriano, she plays Lisa. She got cast in the Pace musical. So her time available to film got shredded immensely. And that was, she told me that at the beginning of the year. I was like, oh man, I'm going to have to work around that. And I was like, so what's the easiest, again, it's, guerrilla filmmaking what's the easiest possible route i can find to make this and so combining the characters and it was originally going to be a motorcycle uh (laughs) there was going to be a motorcycle chase and then i realized that i didn't have my license and i (laughs) (laughs) I was like oh yeah and then that we would be riding around on a new york city street and i was like you know what let's try and make it as safe as possible so the motorcycle became a bike and then the only bike that I could get my hands on for free was a friend of mine's. She had a pink bike. And so that's why there's a pink bike in the movie. And so and then I even <laughs> I even wrote in that joke where it's like, I was going to get a motorcycle, but you don't have a license. And uh, so that's a little, little jab at me. Uh, <laughs> a much, much safer alternative, if I may say so. Well done, sir. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> safety first. Safety first. <laughs> And I'm assuming you did what, you know, the filmmaker said in the original uh, shot early, early in the morning on weekends. Yes. Oh, yes. Try to get that desolate city look. Yes. Uh, Top secret. I mean, I show it to people and they're like, how did you find this? I was like, you've never been to the financial district of New York City before on a Sunday morning, have you? Because, I mean, that's where Pace is and that's where my dorm is. And you walk out on a Sunday morning right at sunrise. There's no one out. And of course, you think New York City, it's always packed, it's always packed, but it's the financial district. No one's working on a Sunday morning. So that that was the secret. My sister Kat helped me film those, and she was dynamite because she, she was had an eagle eye out. And it's those, we have very long shots of me just walking, riding the bicycle down the street. And she was like, there was one guy in the back that was just watching me. I was like, oh, great, we have to do it again. Or we take 30 minutes for one shot. And like 10 retakes, like, okay, try it again. There was a car. You need to do this again. There was a car. There's another person. It tried your patience, but it was worth it in the end. Sunday mornings at 6 a.m., that's that's the time to do it. Another reason to just cast yourself as the lead because now you're not asking everybody else to get up at like 4 or 5 exactly. to, to help you shoot. It's just you and I, I guess your sister. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> she owed me. She owed me. So uh, that was – Oh, okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> You've got some dirt on her yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's not listening. She's going to listen. She's going to end up listening. Well, she's she's in the movie, so uh, she plays Matthias. She plays the the main 
bad guy. I've loved watching her in your movies over the. Well, I've loved watching your movies for a couple of different reasons. Uh, you know, starting with the earlier films, just kind of seeing your development as a filmmaker and seeing her in all the movies too. It's been it's a familiar and familial touchstone, mm-hmm. and, and seeing her develop as an actress as well. And and I don't know what her aspirations are or whatever, but. You know, as an actress, I've loved watching her oh, in these things. So please pass that along to her. For I me. wish she will appreciate. It. She's going to listen to it. So she will appreciate okay. that. So is this something that people are going to be able to see? I, I can't imagine this is something oldies can put out or Alpha Video, right? It can't be Alpha Video. It's the same thing that killed me with the Dracula film. I'm using the actual soundtrack mm-hmm. from the Omega Man, and I'm actually using a clip from the Omega Man in uh, one scene. So I don't right. have the rights to put it out, but hopefully. It'll be on YouTube very soon. Well, we'll keep listeners posted, and, and you know, you've got that YouTube channel for people to, to follow. We'll make sure there's a link to that in the show notes as well. But the other thing that I really want to highlight, and I'm going to make sure there's a link to this as well, front and center, your Kickstarter campaign. Oh, yes. We've got a new movie coming. You're out of film school, but you're not out of films. There's another movie coming. There is another one, and it's Theseus and the Minotaur in the style of – Jason and the Argonauts and the Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, all the great Harryhausen adventure epics. Clash of the Titans, how could I forget that one? I'm trying to raise money for that. And Ryan Lengill, have you ever met him? He, I met him at Monster Bash. I did meet him at Monster Bash as well, and he gave me a DVD of The Beast from a Zillion Years Ago. Oh, did he? Cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah, which I actually heard about first on the B-Movie cast years ago. Mm-hmm. Because he gave it to them as well, and I heard all about it, and he heard me on the B-Movie cast as a guest, that sort of thing, and he made sure I got a copy of it. So I've got it in my collection. Oh, fantastic. And it, it's fun. It it's is a fun. fun. And very well done. Yes. You know, this guy did it all himself, and it's a great little stop-motion piece. And I talked to him at Monster Bash, and he says that he does it on his time off with his webcam. He doesn't even have... Well, for those, he didn't even have an actual camera. He did it on his webcam, frame by frame. I was like, oh, my God. That is no, 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 no. astounding. You got the oh, my God wrong. Yeah, yeah. So, so I did it on my webcam and uh, in my basement on my time off. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, it blew my mind. I want to say we agreed to do something in the future at Monster Bash. And then I sent him an email and I was like, I'm going to do this. He's like, let me know, man. I'm in. So it should be quite the film. Fantastic. See, this is another reason why I I consider, and I know it's cliche to say it. And Joshua says it and I say it. Brother from another mother. I mean, (laughs) I'm totally in sync with you. Your, Your influences are worn on your sleeve. If you look at your film career, we start with movies that have that big monster feel uh, with like the octopus people yes. and, and some of these other movies that you shot before you went to the university. And then you go to school and you've got these movies that have these hammer influences and then the seventies influences. And now you're going back to this Harry Housen. I'm, I'm assuming a 50 ish kind of vibe. Oh yes, definitely. Yes. Which again, I, I respond to so well. <laughs> I'm, the year that I, it's funny. I always try and, place a year especially with my earlier stuff place a year on where my film would have come out if that that makes sense i mean so um attack the octopus people i think was like 1955 so like you just find the right year anyway theseus in my mind is going for 1959 it wouldn't be on a double bill with ben-hur but it would be like like (laughs) ben-hur would be at the fancy theater and like theseus would be at the 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 low budget theater across the street (laughs) (laughs) the kitty theater the kitty theater exactly yeah (laughs) Oh, no, those those are the best movies, oh, man. Oh, Come yes, on. yes, yes. 
easily. So it's a fantasy film. Yes. Is it a period fantasy film, or is it more like Night of Medusa, where you have the fantasy elements, but it's still contemporary? Oh, no. We're, we're going all out Clash of the Titans. It's like, this is ancient Greece. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In Texas. In <laughs> It's a secret. It's not technically. Oh, oh, it's okay, ancient okay. Greece. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> Filmed on location in ancient Greece. <laughs> uh, seriously, though, are you going to shoot it in Texas? Oh, yes, yes. In, at home? Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we're right next to the – I've never taken advantage of South Padre Island, which is right near me, which is a lovely beach with a lot of sand dunes. And – as soon as you put, I've discovered this recently. As soon as you have sand dunes, as soon as you put someone in front of those sand dunes with any sort of costume, it's instantly there. So you can have a mummy in front of those sand dunes, and it's like, oh my god, it's Egypt. And then you put someone out there in a toga, and it's like, oh my god, it's ancient Rome or it's ancient Greece. So I'm gonna utilize those sand dunes a lot. So I'm gonna sidetrack here and ask you, why the hell have you not made a mummy movie then? Well, because. <laughs> <laughs> Your mummies are going to be hot next year. Come on. I know. I know. So, okay. Well, um, well, I was the mummy for Halloween. So that, that kind of, I kind of get some slack for that. Right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh huh. Maybe this is off topic. We don't have to record this, but what did you think of the new mummy trailer? You know, and, and we'll keep that on the show actually. Cause Steven Sullivan and I talked about that sure. uh, when it came out. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh huh. I love anything that's going to bring my beloved monsters to the mainstream. Yes. Now, I know they're not going to be my beloved monsters. It's, <laughs> it's you know, jazzed up for 2017, 2018, whatever. Yes. I will say that I have watched the leaked trailer that didn't have the right audio mix on it more <laughs> than the actual audio because I just really enjoy listening to Tom Cruise scream without music behind him. Uh, <laughs> of course. As, as anyone does, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one of these days, I'm going to pull the audio out from that and just make that my ringtone. So just, <laughs> I want Tom Cruise to scream from my pocket when somebody calls me. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about the whole thing. I, I'm dreading when they finally get around to doing their Creature from the Black Lagoon because I know it's going to be a CG mess, and that's oh. my favorite film. So oh. I just – I don't want to see that happen. But I don't know. Uh, you never know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I don't I don't know what's going to happen. I, I'll go watch it. I want to support it. I mean, I love me a mummy movie. Yes. yes, uh, yes. I love mummy movies. And I mean, it's a double-edged sword. You can say, hey, they're making an, a Universal's monster movie. And for us monster kids, I mean, maybe this isn't the right thing to say. It's like for us monster kids not to support it in some way. It's like, I will not go see it. It's like, well, then they're not going to make, you know what I mean? They're not going to. I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah, there, there's, I, I don't want to say there's a sense of obligation. Yes. Yes. But I, I feel like there is a sense of us needing to rep the original mm-hmm. in some way. Mm-hmm. And like, and what better way, I mean, what easier way to do that for like executives to see than, oh, look, this is actually doing well. I mean, then you, if the movie sucks, then it'll keep making movies. That's, I, I don't know. Maybe that's not. The- no, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, originally, if, if you go and look at what they were going to do with these universal reboots and real, whatever they were going to do, mm-hmm. uh, universal unite is what I've been calling it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, this, this universal monster universe that Dracula film they did a few years ago was going to be part of that. And they actually reshot some things to put at the end to kind of tie that into it. But then the movie bombed. Yes, yes, yes. And they're like, well, maybe not. And they wash their hands and they're starting over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, if this one doesn't happen, then maybe they'll start over with something else down the line. And it's not like we're going to get away from it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, with, whether with Tom Cruise or not. I don't know. I mean, it opens up this huge conversation about remakes. Still being, you know, yes. better than the re- oh, Reboot. You still have the original and, and I mean, the only thing, I mean, the pure good thing that comes from all these is that 
Although they already, I was going to say, they released the old ones on Blu-ray and stuff. But they already released that huge horror movie set on Blu-ray. But I don't think they've done the Mummy sequels, right? They were put on DVD a few years ago, but no, there hasn't been a, a Mummy Blu-ray. And it's interesting you say that because I just read earlier this week that with the new Kong movie, uh-huh. the studio has put the kibosh on any of the other Kongs coming out theatrically for any reason right now. Uh, you cannot license oh, King no Kong, way. Son of Kong, even the 76 Kong right now. If you wanted to bring it in to, for a showing or whatever, you can't. Really? Because the studio said, no, moratorium right now. We're all about Skull Island. Oh, and man. I, I, I get that. But then I don't know if it's because they don't want to dilute the public consciousness when it comes to Kong or what, but I know it's impacted some screenings. So it's, I don't know, it's that weird spot. Yeah. Ugh. But no, I, I hear what you're saying there, and I would love to see The Mummy come out on blue. And Yeah, yeah. But then on the other hand, I feel like it kind of dilutes the popular cultural awareness of the original. Uh-huh. I, I used to argue this um, years ago when I was really into the zombie thing. Uh-huh. I did a zombie podcast, and, mm-hmm. and I got into arguments a lot with people about the Dawn of the Dead remake versus the original. Yes. Uh-huh. I, I was always a big fan of the original. I didn't like the remake very much, and I had a whole bunch of different reasons for it. But my biggest issue was that if I ever talked about Dawn of the Dead and Mixed Company, I always had to take a second and say, no, the original. Yes. No, the original. Yes. Because uh-huh. you, you now can't talk about Dawn of the Dead without thinking about the remake with characters whose names you can never remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's been this perfect explanation, yes. <laughs> so, I don't know. No, but, yeah. It's so many, it brings up so many different little subtopics, and it's like, well, what about this? What about the, yeah, so, we'll, mm. we'll see. As I continue to speak to the guy who's remade a couple of <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Who do, what do I know? <laughs> I, I don't know, it's, it's, it's just, hmm. Yeah. It's, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. exactly. What were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Went off on a tangent. That you needed lasers for your movie. That's what we're talking about. We need lasers. <laughs> lasers. $1,000 million. Uh, no. Yeah. Um, what were we talking it, about? I, I don't remember, but we'll, we'll, we'll let's go back to Theseus and the Minotaur. Yes, yes, yes. Mummy movies. Yeah, I got all upset about mummy movies. Oh, because movies we're talking about the sand dunes, and you're like, why didn't you make yes. a mummy? Okay, there you go. Okay, there we go. Speaking of the laser show, and, and I'm going to put you on the spot right now where listeners are listening. I'm sure it's okay, but when we're all done here, I'd like to play the audio from your video from your Kickstarter campaign <laughs> okay. on the show. All right. You cool with that? I'm totally cool with that. All right, so listeners will get the laser joke later. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they haven't already been to your Kickstarter page, again, I'll make sure there's a link in the show notes to that. Your budget is set at, what do, what do you have here, $8,039. Yes. How'd you come up with that number? Um, <laughs> 39? 39. I mean, that's that's my lucky number. Oh, is it? Yeah. And you, okay. if, fun fact for those who have watched my movies, there's always a 39 in my scripts, or I at least try to do a 39. A 39 and an octopus. It's always you're going to find those in my films. And it's an Omega Man. Omega Man is kind of subtle. There are two 39s in Omega Man, Alpha Omega Man. Basically, what I want to do with this Theseus is to be able to pay people. Because, I mean, I've stepped on so many people for like, oh, can you come this day? Can you come? It's like, well, I'm this is my day off, but I'll show up. And I always feel bad for – or it's slightly bad. I mean, I, I give them immortality. So what am I talking about? No. <laughs> <laughs> I have no exactly no emotions. I give you this. No, and I, I'm going to use that line next time people are complaining about my scheduling on the podcast. Yeah. Hey, what are you talking about? You talking? I'm making you immortal. Yeah. I shall make you immortal. Uh, <laughs> but it, I would really like to to pay 
these people. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, Ryan, I can just see him in his basement working on these things. I'd like to pay him too. So yeah, if you're interested, it should, it should be an interesting thing to donate to. I'm a big fan of Kickstarter. Uh, I've supported a number of projects over the years. Uh, for you, 25 bucks, you get a copy of the movie when it's done. Yeah. Come on, 25 bucks for an original Joshua Kennedy production? I mean, <laughs> totally worth it. I actually went in for a little bit more than that, so I want to back you up, man. Yes, thank you, and I appreciate that. Let's see. When this goes out, uh, there's probably about 20 days left in the campaign, so there's plenty of time mm-hmm. for listeners to get involved. What are some of the other rewards? I mean, there's a copy of the movie, which I think is essential when you're trying to raise funds on Kickstarter for a film. Copies of the poster and then signed poster, and then you can actually get, um, for even the, the, the hired... If you happen to be Charles Foster Kane with, you know, a Monster Kid background, uh, you are welcome to <laughs> donate, and you get... Uh, Every, everyone who donates gets credit in the credits, but then you for the higher stuff, you can be an executive producer or associate producer on the actual film, if you're interested in that. You hear that, listeners? You can get an IMDb credit out of this thing. That's very true. Yeah, yeah, which is one of the reasons why I do these kinds of things. I, I like to have my name on IMDb. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's about me, though. About your film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, feature length. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's the goal. Can you tell us a little bit about the story without spoiling anything? Can you tease us a little bit? Well, let me ask you, because I've been asking people around. Okay. Theseus and the Minotaur, what's like the images or the story that you can, if you're aware of it, it's been interesting, an interesting ride, like 98% done with the script and just tweaking little lines of dialogue here and there. What's the myth that you know? I used to know all this stuff. <laughs> or like, I know that he what, fought the Minotaur. Yeah. And I know that he... There's a labyrinth and there's a minotaur. It's basically, that's all the myth is. <laughs> for for a long time there, and I should know better because I did see Clash of the Titans in the in the theater. Oh, okay. For a long time, I would mix Perseus and Theseus in my brain. Yes, yes, yes. No, but, that's, but, that's understandable. Yeah, yeah. But I, I do know Theseus did have the labyrinth stuff, did have the minotaur stuff. Doesn't he behead yes. the minotaur at the end? Spoiler. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> if you weren't around, you know, when this myth first came out. Uh, <laughs> Oh, back in ancient Greece or yeah. whatever, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> but basically what I'm do mostly with my adaptation is just fleshing out motivations. And I mean, because you get the myth and it's like three lines. You know, like ancient things is like, Theseus was the son of dot, 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 dot. He fought the Minotaur by going to the labyrinth. He fell in love with Ariadne. Then they lived happily. Well, they didn't have a happy ending. This is a theme with you too. Not I just know, a- I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, my movie is going to have a happy ending. Okay, okay. It's going to end right before everything goes bad in the myth. But um, <laughs> so basically, it's Theseus is the son of the king. Uh, the sorcerer comes in. I made him a sorcerer because that's cool. And the sorcerer comes in, overthrows the king. The the queen takes Theseus off into the forest to live and grow on his own. And then he's going to come back and reclaim the throne from the evil sorcerer. The sorcerer has a pet minotaur in a labyrinth. And every full moon, I made it the full moon. There's my, my hammer reference, my Gorgon uh, thing. Uh, every full moon, he sends five men as sacrifices to the minotaur. And then Theseus comes in and is like, I will be one of the sacrifices and kill the minotaur and that's i mean that's that sums it up there's a love story involved this it's 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 gonna be fun you need to mention that you have a small part in alpha omega man <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to go back to alpha omega man actually because you mentioned there's a love story in theseus yes and the minotaur you you had a love scene in alpha omega man yes you, you, you had a little sexy sexy time <laughs> yes i did <laughs> <laughs> yes which I did. You've had love stories in some of your previous films, but this one felt a little bit more mature. Yes. I have to ask, just because I, I know it's a student film, mm-hmm. and, I, and I know where 
you and I are if we were to compare ourselves in terms of filmmakers. I, I mean, I get it. I know where you're at. I'm so grateful to Laura because she is the most – she makes anyone feel absolutely at home. It could be someone she doesn't even know and just like, hey, how are you? And just goes up and gives them a kiss and just one of the most friendly people I've ever met. We literally met in an elevator at Pace like a year ago. And we started a friendship just by meeting each other in the elevators. Like, hey, how's it going? And she had a pizza. I think I had a pizza or she had a pizza. And we made a comment about Pizza Hut. And then we just, like, it was just a friendship that started in the elevator. And we meet each other. And, it's, and then we became good friends. And I found out she was an actress. I was like, you need to be in this movie. And uh, just completely friendly. So as soon as it came to that, it was, it was just super easy to shoot. I was nervous. and But she made me feel completely at home. And I have to thank her for that. If that answers your question. <laughs> no, no, it, it does. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, because I also wanted to talk about her. I think she's fantastic. Oh, she's going to be delighted to hear that because this was her first movie role. She's never been on screen oh, really? before. Yeah. She's, she's, wow. she's a musical theater major, but this was, she was super nervous about that. She was like, I don't think I can be on screen. I was like, are you kidding? You'll be fine. And she turned out fantastic, I think. I thought so, too. I, especially the Pace University level where you've been doing your movies now. You've done really well in terms of finding these wonderful actresses yes. and, and actors. Oh, yes. But actresses, some of, one of the hallmarks of your movies lately have been just having these strong female characters played by strong women. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed her in Alpha Omega Man. I thought she commanded the screen. I think she complimented you in, in such a wonderful way. She had that spunk, that fire yes. that you had in the original film uh, for that character. But she also brought something of her own to it. It didn't feel like a parody or a caricature of like the 70s black exploitation thing. It didn't feel like that at all. Fantastic. It just felt fun and fresh and, and reverent to that. But still, its own thing. Fantastic. I mean, that was that was the goal. So does, does that make sense? Yes, I'm very happy yeah. to hear you say that. Thank you. She was great, and and I, I wish she was in it more. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> are Are you planning on bringing any of your uh, pace? performers into the film in texas we'll see we'll see okay but i, I assume coming back home you've got your old crew oh yes <laughs> and, and and are they itching to get back into it or like oh god josh is back. <laughs> a bit of, a, a bit of both <laughs> okay okay like oh here he comes no no it's it's a lot of um and people that i haven't been able to work with are now it, it's worked out beautifully like some people who have never been able to be in my movies like i'd love to be in it but i'm busy now suddenly they're open and they're available to be in it so it's it's nice to have old faces but they're going to be new on screen that makes sense well that makes perfect sense and i'm just going to put it out there if you need an award-winning podcaster <laughs> to lend his voice to anything i'm happy to do it again again there's already been one and that yeah. one yeah as soon as, yeah, I was thrilled. <laughs> yeah, as soon as your voice came out, everyone like in the audience like started clapping. Like everyone stood up and cheered. <laughs> really? Okay. All right. I like that. I like that. I'll, I'm available for uh, no. Okay. Yeah, I'm available for uh, weddings yeah. and. The- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was touched when you asked me to be involved. Oh, it was a uh, in, in the Alpha Omega Man, and, and I got to do a little bit of newscasting, which I've never really done outside of like a community college class so that was fun <laughs> it, uh, it but no, I, perfectly it, it worked great i thought you worked it in great not just because it was my voice i, I thought it was <laughs> yeah. that was very well done there's this montage which again is kind of reminiscent of some stuff from the original the omega man there's this montage of leading up to the disaster and what had happened and the plague and people getting sick and there's this incredibly <laughs> smooth sounding news cut now <laughs> I, I get to drop a few lines of, of exposition. Yes, yes. <laughs> of news. Yeah. Basil yeah. exposition. 
there you go. Yeah. You know, that was fun. It was, it, thank you for letting me do that. I'm happy to, to help out in any way that I can, including promoting the heck out of this Kickstarter because I want to see this movie. Thank you. Um, I, I want to see you get back to doing some 50s stuff because oh, I mean, yes. that, that's the sweet spot for Monster Kid Radio. And you know, I love my 50s monster movies. Yes. Not, not that I don't like the hammer stuff or the no, no. I love it all. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. But it's, yeah. it's such a sweet, you're right. It's such a sweet spot. Like the 70s isn't for everyone, you know? Like the, the dark 70s gritty stuff. And like the 50s. I don't hang out with those people. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> 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 but um, great. I lost my train of thought. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> like the 50s, like there are very few people who don't like the, like that's the golden age for, like you said, for monster kids. That's everyone, everyone likes the 50s. Like who doesn't like the, that type of film. You know what I mean? Totally. It's, it's one thing that I've been very aware of just producing this show. It's real easy for me to do nothing but 1950s monster movies. Oh. And I know, you know, you get Karloff and Lugosi in the 40s and 30s, and I want to pay tribute to that too, but there were just so many monster movies mm-hmm. in the 50s. And it, it is such a sweet spot. Even some of the lower budget, quote unquote, cheesy yes. productions of that era. I love Reptilicus. Oh, you know, God, I mean, yes. I love a lot of these movies that I don't care if the monster's made out of paper mache. I know, yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. I mean, there's this aesthetic. I just love it. Yes, I'm right there with you. So to see you go back to that, I can't wait uh, for more. Uh, when do you start production? Do you know? Oh, and then we're waiting for the Kickstarter results to come in. Well, that's true. That's true. Yes. That's true. We're getting, I'm just assuming the Kickstarter's going to work. Yeah, yes. Yeah, me too. So Hopeful. Uh, Hopeful thinking. Yeah. No, costume fittings, a.k.a. Tie a bed sheet into a toga and see if it works. Uh, will be happening very soon. <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me there's going to be a lot of trips to the Goodwill to pick up some oh, yes. bed sheets. And, yeah. Oh, yes. Guerrilla <laughs> filmmaking, ladies and gentlemen. That's the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But there's so much passion. And uh, like I said, I'm going to play the video audio, the audio from the video. Oh, yes, yes. Um, later in the show so listeners can hear that and if this conversation hasn't motivated you enough to throw some money his way, hopefully that audio or the Kickstarter video itself will motivate listeners. Like I said, by the time this goes out, there's about 20 days left. Plenty of time to help Joshua get to that sweet laser money spot. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and if not that, just $8,039. That's all yes, he's asking. That's for. all I'm asking. <laughs> you know, and you can get a copy of the movie and, or signed or mm-hmm. a poster. You can get a credit as a producer. And you get to say you were involved with Joshua Kennedy's first post-pace production. Oh, I like that. Post-pace production. I'm a sucker for alliteration, so. <laughs> hey, take it, man. Use I'm, it. I'm Do what you it. want. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Is it too early to say what's coming up next for you? I mean, I know this is the new project, but long-term. Do you have any other long-term goals for GUI productions? I have some ideas. I mean, they're, okay. and by ideas, I mean a paper with just titles on it. Sure. People ask me this all the time. It's like, so what? What's the dream project you want to do? And I say, well, I'm doing it right now. It's like the, the thing I, I've always wanted to do with Greek mythology. That's what I'm, I'm doing. Theseus and the Minotaur. And they're like, but what's something big? I'm like, no, I'm focusing on that. That's what I want to do. Not that I'm not a big fan of, but I tend to not have the dream. Many people have asked me this. I tend to not have the dream project in the back burner because I end up just doing it now. Mm-hmm. I guess that's my curse. Uh. <laughs> no, no, that's that's the lesson. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I think if you've got this big dream project, you find a way to make it happen. Yes. Oh, I'm and, a big, big uh, – I always tell – because I was a teaching assistant for the film classes at Pace, and I always tell them uh, – I was like, just go out and do it. They're like, "What? but what should I do with my first production? I was like, you'll learn more in five minutes on your own in the middle of – Central Park with a camera than I can teach you in an entire semester. I was like, that's that's the way to do it. And I mean, that's my philosophy anyway. 
yeah, if that answers your question, I mean that that's that's the goal right now is to do the- Theseus. Okay. There is there is a list of titles somewhere in a folder, but for right now. <laughs> okay. All right. No, that's fine. Uh, Gooey Gooey Films isn't going anywhere, right? Oh, exactly. Yeah, it's he's they're here. Random off topic. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this guy in Columbus, Ohio. His name is Dr. Bob. Does it sound familiar? Yes, Dr. Bob Tesla. He's a yes. horror host. And he's doing tonight, they're showing Attack the Octopus People. I saw you posting about that. Yeah. Uh, by the time this comes out, it's oh, I know. too late. I mean, but no, just... Dr. Bob is the official horror host of the Mimiverse of Christopher R. Mims film. Yes. So by the time this comes out, your movie will have been shown as part of a horror hosted. Dr. Bob Tesla will be showing it. Yes. Was that going to be the first time that any of your movies have been shown in that kind of venue or space? Yeah, this is probably the first time Bob sent Dr. Bob sent me an email and said, we love this film. We found it um, and we'd love to be a part of it. I had no idea. Never heard of him. Never heard of this. The Midnight Movies with Dr. Bob. And just the fact that he sent me that, I was like, whoa. For the first time, I'm not pushing – like I wasn't pushing him. Not that I push people to show my movies, but you – know, Sure, sure. Just, but if you build it, they will come. Ex- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they will come. But just the fact that he found it on his own. I've never even been to Ohio. And I made Octopus People when I was 15. And just it was just supposed to be a little movie that I'd show with friends and family. And just the fact that someone wants to show that in their midnight movie lineup, that's the dream come true. It's like that's – what it's meant for, for monster kids and for friends who know this stuff. So just the fact that he, he wanted to show it, that's a dream come true. Is that something that you'd be open to with your other movies as well? Oh, I mean, obviously the ones that you can show publicly like that? Yeah, if, if people want to show them, feel, please let me know. And he, he said that they're leaving a spot open for me in the next season or next next year where they, they want to show another one. So, oh, right on. Yeah. Okay. So I'm beyond thrilled. As long as people see it and enjoy it. I mean, that's that's the... The dream. I mean, we're not going to get money from this. You know, if you go in to low budget filmmaking with a goal to make money, you're in the wrong. <laughs> you're, you're in the wrong <laughs> profession, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but as long as people see it and enjoy it, I mean, that's that's the goal. So I'm beyond thrilled that he's he's doing that. So if you listener are a horror host or or want <laughs> to maybe do a screening, he is on Facebook. Joshua Kennedy, man of the arts. Yes. We get all of them. Yeah. <laughs> His movies need to be seen by an audience. Thank you. And they're, and they're going to get a hold of it. I mean, you've got, you still got the deal with Alpha Video. I'm assuming future projects, they're going to potentially be where you go. Return of Sherlock Holmes is on the table. And the St. Augustine monster is on the table too, which is my German expressionist silent movie. And I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to ask you about that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's this year. Um, it's it's on the table. Contracts have been signed, as they say. Excellent. You mentioned the silent film. And again, this is a brother from another mother. I mean, I love that you're all over the place mm-hmm. with these genre productions. You go back to the silent movies. This was something you shot like between semesters, isn't it? Yes. I did it in uh, July of my summer break. Yeah. It was you and your sister? Uh, yes. Me and my sister and my dad. And, well, it was actually a whole family thing because my mom painted all the sets it's Caligari inspired. So all of the sets, there's no real set. It's all cardboard. And like we painted a windowsill on the cardboard. We painted a, a house on a cardboard. Nice. Yes. Yep. It was a big family affair. And that one is going to be coming out as well, which I'm excited. I was going to ask you where that one's going to end up because it wasn't something that got a lot of noise online. I yeah. mean, it's a silent film, so it was kind of quiet. But uh, 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 um, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it didn't get as much um 
I don't want to say press, but as much buzz yes. online as some of the other movies. So I'm glad to know that's coming out as well as a double feature with Sherlock Holmes. I, I don't know if it's going to be a double feature, but I know they will be released. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. In one way or the other, it's yeah. coming out. Hmm. Okay. I, I've seen that one as well, listeners, and Monster Kid Radio. Thumb, thumbs up. See a little approval. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, that one, that, one's, that one's a fun one, too. And to know that Return of Sherlock Holmes is coming out, that's good to know because – I mean, she's fantastic. Again, going back to your strong actresses and the strong performances, and she's fantastic in that as well. She's, so. she's the whole movie, literally. I mean, that's my, my opinion. She's 90% of the movie. She's the whole movie, let's say that. She's <laughs> Is she listening? Is that what yeah, right. No. <laughs> Coming from gooey films, an adventure like no other. From the mind of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Watson! The year is 1896, and Sherlock Holmes faces his most peculiar case yet, the mystery of the Six Napoleons. Good, thank you. Come, Watson, the game is afoot! Joshua Kennedy as the master detective, a new and exciting Sherlock Holmes. I dare call nothing trivial, Watson, nothing. You'll remember how the dreadful case of the Abernethy family was first brought to my attention by the depth, depth which, which the, the parsley had sunk into the butter on a hot day. Yes, yes, we all know what you did. Bessie Nellis, Dr. Watson's most beautiful portrayer. It is clear that the possession of this trifling bust was worth more in the eyes of our strange criminal than that of a human life. Jonathan Danziger as Inspector Lestrade. Amy Ziliax as Mrs. Hudson. Also starring a cavalcade of great talent. Jake Williams. Tracy Thomas. George Chapper. Michael Rosenfeld. Will McKinley. Mark Holmes. Yes, it's quite humorous if I do say so myself. Well, there it is. The Return of Sherlock Holmes. See it in Gooey School. No, she's she's fantastic. And I mean, if she wasn't in it, it would have been a completely different movie. Or if I cast someone else, she, she makes that movie, so... Hey, no, no offense to the director who also played Sherlock Holmes, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> no, I, no, no offense taken. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. So, what else should we should we say here? Theseus and the Minotaur, it's coming up. Go pledge to Joshua's uh, Kickstarter campaign to help him make this movie because the world needs more gooey films. Oh, thank you. It's my life, <laughs> my life's dream. <laughs> I, what what else are we missing? I feel like we we were gonna. I don't know, man. I, I think I think maybe we got it all. This is the worst ending of an interview <laughs> or conversation I've had on the show. But I, I got nothing else. You got anything else? Um, hey, we like Star Wars. Star Wars is cool. Star Wars is great. We talk about Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we started with Star Wars. We didn't end that's right. with Star Wars. That's, that's right. That's right. Uh, no, this is if, unless you. I mean, I'm here. So if you think of anything, I got nothing. Yeah. All right. We're good. All right. All right. Get off. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> I need a cup of coffee. No. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for being on the show. No, thank uh, you. you know, we're going to have you back on uh, in the future as well. I love having you on and uh, let, let's do it more than once a year. Let's, let's get you on the yes. show again. And, and you are attending monster bash. Is that yes. a done deal? It okay. is a done deal. So listeners, if you're going to go to monster bash, you can meet the man in person. <laughs> I'll be the one in by, the, the top hat. I'll be that guy. <laughs> 
<laughs> buy his movies beforehand, yeah. bring them, ask him to sign them. Do you charge for an autograph yet? I do not. There, there you go. That's a deal. <laughs> That's a done deal right there. Unless you kick in like $75 on his Kickstarter, then you've paid for his autograph <laughs> on a poster or something. So, right? That's no, wait, be- no, it's $100. $100. Excuse me. <laughs> No, thank, thank no, you. It's always it's always a true pleasure to talk to you, good sir. We'll have you back on down the line, and, and best of luck, really. Thank I mean, you. You got you. You're not just living your dream; you're living mine, man. That's oh, awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so, so don't mess it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't mess it up. <laughs> of course, thanks to Joshua for being part of the show. I loved having him as part of the Monster Kid Radio. I'll say it, family. I love having him here, and I love trying to support him and promote what he's got going on. I don't think we really talked a lot about what Kickstarter is. I think I just kind of assumed everybody does know what it is. Kickstarter is a crowdfunding campaign site. You go in, you pledge a certain amount of money toward, well, whatever project. There's movies, books, concerts, other art projects, businesses, all sorts of things that you can support on Kickstarter. If the Kickstarter creator hits their self-imposed goal, they get the money. They move on and make their project, and you probably get a reward or two along the way. You might get a copy of the finished film. I, I told Joshua that it doesn't make sense to me to have a Kickstarter campaign for a movie and not make the movie one of the rewards. Kickstarter's not ordering in advance, to be clear, but it is a way to look to see what's coming up next and, and what's out there. I found a number of really cool movies and books and comics and role-playing games through Kickstarter, and Joshua Kennedy's is just the next really cool project up there. If he doesn't hit that goal, like we said, the budget was $8,039, he gets nothing. Nothing. So if you want to be part of this movie, if you want to be part of gooey film history, head over to kickstarter.com and look up Theseus and the Minotaur or Joshua Kennedy or follow the link in the show notes over at monsterkidradio.net. We made a couple of jokes about lasers. Well, I'm going to play that audio from his Kickstarter video right now. You can hear it for yourself. Hello, I'm Orson Welles. Hello, I'm Charlton Heston. Hello. My name is Joshua Kennedy. I'm 22 years old. I'm a graduate of Pace University. (laughs) I have written, produced, and directed 13 films, all of which have been homages to films of yesteryear. Attack of the Octopus People and The Menace with Five Arms were tributes to the classic giant monster movies of the 1950s. Dracula AD 2015 and The Night of Medusa are tributes to the Hammer Gothics of yesteryear. Airline 79 is a tribute to the Airport franchise. And The Return of Sherlock Holmes and the Alpha Omega Man, well, they kind of speak for themselves, don't they? All of these films have been done with little to no budget. It is my hope that my next project will be something a bit more lush with production value, a.k.a. something with a budget. I have chosen for the subject of my next feature, Theseus and the Minotaur, one of my favorite myths from Greek mythology. The story of the hero Theseus making his way through the labyrinth, destroying the monster Minotaur and overthrowing the evil King Minos and marrying the beautiful Princess Ariadne. What more do you want from an adventure film, huh? Um, The Minotaur is actually not the only monster that will be appearing in my adaptation, and these monsters will be brought to life in the magic of Gooey-Rama, a.k.a. Stop Motion. They will be animated by my good friend Ryan Lengiel. 
Ryan and I met at Monster Bash a few years ago where he was premiering his stop-motion short The Beast from 20 Zillion Years Ago and I was premiering my music video The Night is Young starring my wife Martin Beswick. And as if fate intervened, we ended up on the same DVD release together, my film The Vesuvius Experiment and his film The Beast from 20 Zillion Years Ago. He is a fantastic stop-motion animator and I'm extremely lucky to have him aboard this production. And now, I am asking... For the astronomical amount of $8,039. I know it sounds like a lot, but in actuality it really isn't for what I would like to accomplish. Because I would like to build a few sets for this production. I would like to order some costumes for this production. Uh, in my past films, we uh, the actors would usually bring their own costumes. Not this time, Ebola. Not this time. Um, I would uh, like to pay my actors, at least a little bit, pay all of my actors. And then I would like to build a ship, and I would like to even be using lasers! Okay, maybe not the lasers part, but everything else is going to be a part of the production. I'm sure it's going to be a fun and fantastic experience for all those involved, and if you would like to be a part of it, please consider donating or sharing this with a friend of yours who might just have $8,000, you know, lying around as spare change. Um, thank you for listening, thank you for watching, Happy New Year, and... Theseus and the Minotaur coming soon. Journey to a magical time when demons and heroes battled for the golden treasures and human spoils of forgotten kingdoms. Kill, kill him. Thrilled to the story of a legendary superhero who fights through all the torments of hell to save the woman he loves from the world's most powerful sorcerer. This is Sinbad's greatest adventure. The seventh voyage of Sinbad. She was once a beautiful princess. The sadistic magician shrinks her to the size of a tiny doll. And now, Sinbad must do the impossible to save her. He must destroy a legion of hell-spawned monsters on the death-shrouded island of Colossa. See the flashing death of the living skeleton. See the attack of the giant two-headed bird. See the dance of the cobra woman and feel her deadly slithering embrace. See the spectacular battle between the one-eyed cyclops and the fire-breathing dragon. The incredible magic of Dinorama recreates the enchanted, breathtaking adventure that could never be told before. The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. Hey, comic book fans, I'm Joe Stuber, producer and host of Comic Book Central, where each and every week I welcome a legendary talent to the Comic Book Central lair to talk about bringing comic books to life. Greetings, true believers. This is Stan Lee. When do you think the Academy is going to wise up and create a special Oscar category for best cameo? I don't know. They're just asleep on their feet. Maybe your show, maybe this interview will be the turning point. Hi, this is Jamie Alexander, the Asgardian warrior Sith from Thor. I went to Marvel. They said, hey, sit down. We want to talk to you about this part. So what happened was I had a knife in my purse. I set the purse on the chair and it fell off and the knife fell out. And then they were like, oh, God, you really are Lady Sith. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one, the only, 
William Shatner. There's all these rumors out there that you're going to be in the next Star Trek film. Well, I'd like to be in it. You know, I don't want to be a gratuitous character. <laughs> like scrubbing me, the uh, windows on the there. Enterprise or something? There's a guy on the wing. Chris Pine. There's a guy on the wing. Chris Pine says there's a guy on the wing. Catch the very latest episodes at the website, comicbookcentral.net. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, like it on Facebook, follow it on Twitter, and be sure to join me each and every week for Comic Book Central. This is John Reese davis Hi, everyone. This is Summer Glau. Hi, this is Trisha Helfer, number six from Battlestar Galactica. Hey, this is Dean Kane, Superman from Lois and Clark, and you're listening to Comic Book Central. Where comic books come to life. Excelsior. Charlton Heston is the Omega Man. The Omega Man. More than fantasy. Maybe the future. Rated GP. The planet of the apes was only the beginning. What lies beneath may be the end. The only good human is a dead human. In Can a planet long endure half ape, half human? You'll know the terrifying answer when apes and humans meet head on beneath the planet of the apes in the atomic rubble of New York. The guerrilla war machine is on the march. Human mutants strike back with new frightening weapons of the mind. 20th Century Fox presents Beneath the Planet of the Apes with James Franciscus, Maurice Evans, Tim Hunter, Linda Harrison, and Charlton Heston as Taylor. Can a planet long endure half ape, half human? The answer lies beneath the planet of the apes. Rated G. You know, on the one hand, maybe I should sit on this email until next week so I have more email in future episodes. But while I've been recording this episode, I actually got another email from Paul. He wrote in again. Hi, Derek. I'm at work again, and I was just listening to episode 300 of the show. Great stuff. Congratulations on reaching such a milestone. My favorite episodes have been both the ones featuring the creature, especially the roundtables, and most notably, all of the ones devoted to the Apes movies. I'm a huge fan of those going all the way back to when I saw my first one, which was actually the second in the series, Beneath, at a drive-in way back in 1971. My first view of those ape faces set my mind into overdrive, and at the end of the movie, both when the mutants remove their masks and then Taylor destroys the Earth, my <laughs> spoiler, my little ten-year-old brain just exploded inside my skull and turned into a lump of jelly. I was hooked. Oddly enough, my favorite short sequence in amongst all the various episodes I've listened to so far was the one where you crashed the drive-in showing of Creature from the Black Lagoon and your interactions with the girl at the ticket kiosk. Just a nice little slice of life there. I've also just been listening back to episode 226, where you spoke about your experiences as a podcaster. You talk about the passion and dedication of us fans to all these old movies and TV shows. Hear, hear! Sci-fi, fantasy, and horror fans are nothing if not dedicated, Yeah, don't I know it. I remember years ago, there was a U.S. TV special shown over here, and again, remember, he's in Australia, where they were deciding on what was the most popular television program of all time. Star Trek was in there, of course, but what won? I love Lucy. I, of course, became totally incensed and began ranting on about how can they say Trek is less popular than Lucy? Show me all the Lucy spinoff series. Lucy the Motion Picture, along with its sequels. Lucy Conventions. All the doctors, writers, artists, engineers, astronauts, etc. influenced into their careers by Lucy. Well, of course, my mother began laughing her head off and told me to calm down. Only a nerd would understand. Okay, you know what? 
I'm right there with you, brother. It always strikes me as ironic, too, when reading interviews with the actors and directors of these old movies, that at the time they were making them, they often poo-pooed them as lightweight nonsense and harmful to the career. Yet, decades later, thanks to the dedication of us fans, those are virtually the only projects they're remembered for. Poetic justice? Cheers. Paul, again, thank you for writing in. Really appreciate it. And he also sent along a picture of him listening to Monster Kid Radio, which, okay, that's cool. Considering that that picture came from the other side of the planet, practically. Completely different time zone than what I'm in now. That's awesome. So thank you for sending that along as well. You know, you mentioned drive-ins, and I think it's fascinating, and I don't know why this is. A lot of people think that drive-in movie theaters are, you know, strictly an American thing. I mean, you might have bled into Canada a little bit. But for the most part, it was an American event or, or tradition the thing is, is Australia really got into it, too. And that's so cool that you got to see one of the Planet of the Apes movies at a drive-in down in Australia. That's amazing. You know, a lot of movies that actually played internationally, a lot of American films, weren't really movies at all. They might have been TV pilots or TV series stitched together. I actually spoke about this with somebody this morning, Joe Stuber, when I was recording for a future episode of Monster Kid Radio. He and I were chatting a little bit about how some of the original episodes of Mission Impossible got stitched together and then released as a feature film over over in Europe, and I know that there's a, a TV movie called Baffled, which I absolutely adore. It stars Leonard Nimoy. It was a pilot for a series that never got picked up. I know that got a theatrical release in Australia, and I know that because I have the day bill. So just fascinating to me that there are some movies that may have been played somewhere else. Completely off topic. I love Lucy. I think it's important. Do I think it's... Uh, do I think it's the most popular television... I, Oh, boy. That one's really tough. I'm currently reading Mark Cushman's books, These Are the Voyages, about Star Trek, and he really dives into the production and the studio reaction to these things and how the so-called low ratings of Star Trek, really kind of a myth, that as a series, it did well in the ratings. So I wonder if more people knew that. It would have scored higher than I Love Lucy. I mean, I Love Lucy's important. And lest we forget, Lucy herself is super important for Star Trek. Without Lucy and Desilu Studios, I don't think we would have had Star Trek, or at least not in the way that we have it now. So, I mean, that's important, but uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, I, uh, I don't know. Lucy, the motion picture, I don't, I don't see. I don't see it all. <laughs> I Love Lucy, the next generation. No, no, no. Anyway, Paul, thank you for writing in. Listeners, if you want to write in like Paul, you can email me at monsterkidradio at gmail.com or you can call and leave a voicemail at 503-479-5657. It's 503-479-5MKR. And Paul, I think I'd like to use your email to start something new here on Monster Kid Radio. I'd love to see a picture of you listening to the show. That's it. That's it. Simple. I'll put them in a folder and maybe at the end of the year, I'll, I'll put them all out together on the website somewhere. It's like some sort of photo collage or something. And Paul, you kicked it off. So thank you. That's awesome. That brings us to the end of this episode of Monster Kid Radio. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for any support that you've given us over the past, well, I guess this is episode 303, so over the past 303 episodes, thank you for all of your support. If you're an iTunes user, please consider giving us an honest review in the iTunes store. We've kind of stalled out at 76 reviews. I'd love to bump us up to 100 sometime this year. If that's possible, and I know it's possible, because Monster Kid Radio has the best podcast listeners in the world. I need to come up with an echo effect for that. In the world, world, world. 
That was terrible. Also, if you're a Facebook user, please consider giving the Monster Kid Radio Facebook page a like and joining the Monster Kid Radio group. Lots of stuff happening in the group. And like I said last week, I'm considering bringing back some of the Facebook polls. So starting in February, that's going to happen. Everything, of course, is linked from our website, monsterkidradio.net. Our contact information is there, links to every band that we talk about here on the show, a link to Joshua's Kickstarter campaign. And typically, I try to put a sneak preview of what's coming up next on the next episode of the show. I like to try to play a trailer. Well, I couldn't find a trailer for next week's movie. Maybe there's one out there. I know sometimes the trailers don't make their way to YouTube. So if anybody out there has an original official trailer from the 1965 movie Space Probe Taurus... Well, then you know what we're going to be talking about next week. And I guess everybody else does too, because I just said it. Space Probe Taurus is on deck next week here on Monster Kid Radio with Stephen D. Sullivan. This episode was kind of put together at the last minute. When Francine York passed away, I thought, you know what? We need to pay tribute to her here on the show. We looked at the three genre movies that she's done, and this one was the one that caught our eye. So this is what we're going to be talking about next week on the show. If you have any comments about Space Probe Taurus, Please feel free to call that in. Let us know what you think about the movie, and I'll put you in the mix on episode 304 of Monster Kid Radio. The week after that, the aforementioned Joe Stuber. He and I are going to be talking about the movie Mad Monster Party. And that gets us into February, and I've got a few other things lined up, a few things that I'm still working on. You're just going to have to come back to Monster Kid Radio or stay subscribed to find out what's coming up next. Before I sign out, a couple of special thanks. One to my mother. Uh, She... Treated her podcaster son very well this past Christmas. I have a new portable recorder that I'm going to be breaking out probably this weekend at the Hollywood Theater because they're doing the Ultraman double feature that got canceled earlier this month due to the terrible weather we got here in Portland, or at least weather that Portland wasn't equipped to deal with. The movie's back on, so I'm going to be at the Hollywood Sunday night at 7 p.m., and I'm going to try to bring my recorder along and just talk a little bit about it. I know Ultraman, especially the newer Ultraman or more contemporary Ultraman, really isn't inside the Monster Kid Radio wheelhouse, but man, I love me some Ultraman. And I know Kyle from the Kaiju cast is going to be there, and you get a couple podcasters together, somebody has to have a recorder with them. I'm also going to be bringing it to the Wizard World Portland convention in mid-February. I plan on meeting up with writer Sean Hode. He's been on the show in the past. Can't wait to see him again and chat with him a little bit. Tom Doffel will be along for the ride as well. And actually, I'm along for Tom's ride because he's the one that makes these Wizard World conventions happen for Monster Kid Radio. So thank you, Tom. Anyway, uh, thanks to my mother. I also want to say thank you to my wife, Brenda, who has been very supportive uh, over the past 300 plus episodes. I don't know if I stress that enough in episode 300. And it's not like she listens to the show. She might hear me as I'm recording this right now. She is in the other room, but she's awesome. If you follow me on Facebook, you can see the ridiculously sappy things that I say about her. She's amazing. And she supports me as a podcaster. And I, I couldn't have a better partner, silent or otherwise. Okay. Let's get out of here. Let's play some surf music. But before I do that, I want to remind everybody that Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. Of course, that doesn't apply to the song, A Couple of Dollars. That belongs to the band Amphibian Man. It's from their album, Desert Songs. Look them up on Bandcamp, amphibianman.bandcamp.com. Check out this album as well as their other albums and let them know that you heard about them here on Monster Kid Radio. Talk to everybody next week. I'm Derek M. Cook. Ciao. (laughs) 